Have you ever had one of those days when things just don't seem to go right? Whether it's little things that happen that delay you or change what you're doing, or maybe something big, something you were planning to do and now that gets changed, or something you were doing and it just doesn't work out right. I think we've all had one of those days, and sometimes one of those days even becomes one of those weeks. The question is, though, how do you handle it? What do you do? Now, our first response is often, well, how can I handle this situation? What can I do to make it better, get it back on course? Uh, maybe we look for some advice or help from others. Maybe we Google it to find an answer. Or maybe we just forget about it and just say, well, you know, I'm just going to ignore it. What is, 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 it is, and I'm just going to ride it out. Well, my question to you this morning is, how do you handle it with your faith? What do you do with your faith when you're experiencing one of those days? As we continue our study of looking at the Psalms this summer, today we get encouragement again about prayer, and this time it's about how we can use prayer for our own personal guidance. Remember that the Psalms were a series of prayers or, or songs of, of adoration or lament that were then set to music. King David wrote a number of them, and we see a lot of different experiences that he had. And today, we're going to read one of his psalms after he had one of those days. In fact, it was more than just a day. It was a, a lengthy period. And from that, we can learn what to do when we've had some problems and need some guidance from the Lord. It's Psalm 63, and, and the psalm starts out by giving us the setting in which the psalm was written. It says, a psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. Now you might wonder, why does he talk about that, and what was he doing out in the desert? Well, I can tell you he wasn't on vacation. He didn't go to the desert because he wanted to get away from all the hustle and bustle of the palace. He probably would have preferred to be in his comfortable palace instead of that hot, dry desert. But being out there also is going to give him a reason to seek God's blessing. You see, what was going on, the reason he left his palace is that there was a rebellion that started against him. And it came from his own son, Absalom. Absalom started to go around talking to other people saying, you know what, I don't think King David is the right person for being the king. I think I could do a better job. I don't think he's doing you good. Do you want your life to be better? you want things to be changed? Then listen to me and follow me and let's get rid of David. And that's what he planned. He got together a little army of people and he took on David, attacking Jerusalem so that David had to flee for safety to the desert. Now, this is what David does then. He looks for guidance from the Lord. Here are his words. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, or it could be translated early, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you 
in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. As you're looking at the words of this psalm, you can see how, how David is reflecting on the different experiences that he's been through. Not only with Absalom rebelling against him, but certainly all the other troubles that he's had too. He's describing for us what we might say are, are three conditions or, or situations that he was experiencing. And the first was this. When life's experiences that you go through make you thirsty, here's what you should do. Now, what did he mean by the life experiences that make you thirsty? We probably all have different experiences that we go through, but we can probably find some familiar themes to them, too, that make us thirsty, that cause us some trouble. Let's uh, use the letters D and F to kind of rate them, you know, like you would uh, on a report card. Um, the things sometimes that we experience that cause us to feel a dryness or a thirst are, are some of the difficulties that we experience in life. Whether it's, it's, it's things at work or things at home or personal things with, with health or finances or whatever, we experience difficulties in life. And we sometimes struggle with that. Sometimes it'll even bring about disappointments because maybe things weren't going the way you know, we wanted or the way that we had been uh, hoping for, whatever it might be. So all of those things create this desire for, for God to intercede. And of course, that can relate to, then to frustrations we experience, even failures. All of that begins to build up and creates like a, a dryness, a thirst. Now think about thirst for a minute. What do you do if you're thirsty? You know, you can't reason your way out of thirst. You can't think, I'll just make it go away by thinking I'm not thirsty. Doesn't work. The way to quench thirst is to go to the source for something to drink. And that's what David was doing. He was telling us, let's go to the source. Let's go to God. And let's fill up our soul with God's love. What he's urging us to do then is to handle our problems with prayer, knowing that God's love can refresh us. It was interesting the words, some of the words that David used in this prayer. 
He said, earnestly, I seek you. And as I said, that word could be translated early. Early on, I seek you. You know, sometimes when we face difficulties, we try to figure things out ourselves, try to work it through, and then sort of as a last resort, maybe we go to the Lord. But what David is saying, no, let's go to the Lord first. Early on, let's seek his blessing. He said, God, you are my God. With those words, he's expressing the assurance of faith. My God, a God who cares for him, a God who loves him. David had experienced all that before. He would say, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. David knew that whatever troubles he were, was experiencing, God could overcome them. God would bless him. And that's why he was sure that God's love was better than whatever life's experiences were. In fact, there's a number of other Psalms. I looked it up. Um, there were over 100 verses in the Psalms that talk about God's love. And here's just a couple in which uh, David was expressing the confidence he had in God's love. From Psalm 145, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Whatever your need is, look to the Lord and he'll open his hand and satisfy. From Psalm 6, David wrote, turn Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. He didn't say, I'm the king, Lord. I'm the right man here. This is what should be done. No, he said, because of your unfailing love, Lord, help me. Psalm 13. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Putting that trust in the Lord and what he will do is what is going to move us then to be relieved, to have that thirst quenched, knowing we have his love and his plan to bless us. Now David also wrote, Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. You see, David knew that he didn't deserve anything from the Lord, and that's why he prayed, Don't remember my sins. But instead, remember me according to your love. Now, what can give us such confidence like David had? David could look back and see all those different experiences. But what about us? Where is the assurance we can have of God's love? Well, think of what the scriptures tell us. God loved the world, and that includes you, so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Or as John would explain in his first letter, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. There's God's love. To give up his son to get you and me. There is God's love that Jesus would come and lay down his life 
to pay the penalty for our sins than to replace our sins with his righteousness so that God sees us as that perfect child. That's the assurance we have of God's love. So the encouragement then, when we are experiencing the problems of life that cause us to thirst for God to intercede, handle it with prayer. Mindful that God cares for you. Now, David went on and he talked a little more about his experience with troubles. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, your right hand upholds me. Sounds like David wasn't having a good night, huh? A bit sleepless? Have you ever had a sleepless night? Maybe things haven't been going so well, and, and you're just consumed with thoughts over the circumstances. That's what David was describing here. When, when his circumstances just consumed his thoughts, he couldn't even sleep. Well, what things are on your mind? Again, we probably have all sorts of different things, but I think we can probably say there's some commonality between them. Maybe there's some changes that are, we're going through. Changes in health and finances, with a job, with a relationship. And those changes can cause us to be upset, worried. And then there are challenges. Challenges that there's some problem here we have to fix, and, and then we maybe panic, and, and all of our thoughts are just focused on that one thing. This past week, um, we, we spent a few days in Southern California, and when we got to the house, um, I went to take the keys out of my pocket and empty my pockets, and I reached for my wallet, and it wasn't there. And I thought, oh, no. I just had it an hour ago at McDonald's. Don't tell me I left my wallet at McDonald's, my credit card, my debit card, my ID. Oh, no. Can't be. I would never do that. I panicked. Told everybody in the house, look for my wallet. Went back out to the van and searched in case it fell out there. Couldn't find it. I just prayed, Lord, help me find that wallet. Simple prayer. Go back to the bedroom. There it was, right on the shelf where I had put it before, and I forgot I did that. But I share that with you just to illustrate that sometimes things come up, and they just consume us, and we go into a panic. And that's what David was saying. There are things that happen to us and we just get consumed. But David had a solution for what to do with those thoughts. He said, I'm thinking about you, Lord. I'm thinking about how I live in the shadow of your wing and I'm clinging on to you. Think about how God leads you. Think about the way that God has led you in the past and how he has been there to bless you. And when you think about what he's done in the past, then you can be sure of that he's still with you in the present to heal all your illnesses, to help you through all your troubles. Sometimes it's not clear right away what it is, but he'll make it clear. He'll bring it about. God's will will be done. So when you find yourself consumed with a lot of thoughts, David's advice Handle it with prayer, because you know that God has prepared 
a way for you to be blessed. Finally, David turns his attention to the particulars of his situation. He says, those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. David in particular is thinking about those enemies that are pursuing him. Those who were the closest to him. His, his own son is now turned against him. Well, what kind of things threaten you? Maybe it's finances, maybe it's health, maybe it's some job situation, or maybe it's people. There are all sorts of things that can threaten us. The question is, what do we do? Well, there's usually two responses we have to stressful situations, fight or flight. Either we rise up and defend, putting all of our energy to, to defeat what's attacking us, or we flight, take flight. That is, we run away, we just avoid it, ignore it, just get rid of it. Either way, those things can consume us, and those things can tear us down. So David's advice is this, watch for God's victory. That's what David was certain of, even with his son coming against him, and he had to flee the city. He was certain of the Lord's will for him to give him victory. David had experienced that before, so this wasn't new to him. He knew you could find victory in the Lord's will for you and the Lord's plan. And that's what he was trusting. David was no stranger to conflict or enemies. Even after David had been anointed by God to be the king, the current king, Saul, didn't agree and wanted to get rid of him and ended up chasing David all around the country. But David won that victory because of, it was the Lord's will for him to be in that position, to be the king. David wrote this psalm at that time. He said, for the director of music of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, now get this, this is his first line. I love you, Lord, my strength. Wow, what a statement of faith. What a prayer. I love you, Lord, because you are my strength. And then he would go on and he would say this. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. We have assurance of victory from the Lord. It's in Jesus who defeated sin, who defeated death, and who has given us the victory of eternal life. And that means all along that way, God will continue to bless us with victory after victory. His will will be done. Well, what is his will? God has made it very clear that we believe in him and are saved and proclaim that message to others. Sometimes the way isn't always clear, 
but God's will will always be done. His truth will be proclaimed and souls will be saved. The victory he gives us is forever love. May not go as we see, but it will always go God's way to bring us that victory of forever love. So what's the advice for us today regarding prayer? Whatever experiences you're going through in life, whatever troubles you're facing, what, things that consume your thoughts, take the advice of David and simply handle it with prayer. As somebody once said, work a prayer into your day and your day will work out better. Amen.